As we go through a pandemic, people, of course, are being isolated in their homes. The streets are looking as close to empty as they can really get. Well, what kind of impact could that have on crime? And, and how does the court system, you know, being put on hold right now for a couple of months, impact those who may, in fact, be charged during this time? Or even just the rollover and the backlog that we have seen leading up to the fact that uh, court is now closed, what happens in that process as well? Well, I'm joined on the line by Marshall Putnam, who is a criminal lawyer working at Jensen Law here in Kamloops. He's been in the community since 2013 and also works part-time at the TRU Faculty of Law teaching criminal procedure. Marshall, thank you so much for taking the time here today. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here to give some insight. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. So, uh, first of all, just ask, you know, how is life as a lawyer these days? I would think, you know, with the court on hold, things would maybe slow down, but also at the same time, I imagine that's probably not the case. Well, you know, you always, you always try to keep busy with your files, even if you're not officially running towards a deadline. But with the court closure, a lot of, a lot of court appearances that we tend to expect to do on a month have just been vacated. So a lot of us are sitting at home doing our best to self-quarantine and isolate and just trying to stay busy with the work that we still have. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty similar situation that a lot of people are finding themselves in these days, no matter uh, what your profession might be. Now, let's, let's get into uh, the crime things here a little bit. So I wanted to ask, you know, as we see less and less people on the street and less people out and about, what types of crimes would you expect could go away during a time like this? Or not go away, but maybe be drastically reduced? What kinds of trends of things where you normally might see quite a few of them, like things like automobile accidents, for an example, right? There's always a lot of those, but with less cars on the road, there's now very few of those taking place. So when it comes to you know people-on-people crime, what kinds of things are, would you expect as a lawyer to, to go down during a time like this? Um, I, I would certainly expect to see, as you mentioned, less vehicle-related offenses, uh, paired driving, dangerous driving, what have you, and that's, that's likely just a, a numbers game. With less people on the road, there's less risk of people committing offenses while driving. Um, you might also see perhaps less public mischief, um, less public disturbances as well, because you just have less people outside. Yeah, for sure. So that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, you know, also I would expect some things to go up during a time like this. What kinds of things would you expect to see a bit of a rise in calls in during this time? I would think, uh, you know, just, just my own personal guess would be things like domestic violence as more people are stuck at home with their families and there's just more opportunity for, for arguments to happen, right? And so we could expect to see more calls for things along those lines or even just domestic disputes doesn't have to be violence. But what other kinds of things would you expect could be, uh, you know, on the rise? as a result of more people just, you know, being cooped up at home? What, what types of uh, scenarios could we see more of? Yes, this is, I've discussed this a lot with my colleagues at Jensen Law because obviously with our downtime, we're trying to figure out what to prepare for in the future here. And domestic, domestic incidents are certainly high on the list. Um, there's been a fair amount of reporting on the risk of simply having people stuck indoors and, and if, there, if there's stressors on the relationship, these can escalate um, unhealthy situations. But I'm, I am also expecting to see two other categories of crime increase here. I'm anticipating to see some, some more commercial break and enters. Um, there's been some reports of businesses in East Vancouver being concerned about this themselves. I, 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 I see that happening simply on the basis of where people are. Uh, a break and enter is often an opportunistic event and, and it tends to happen where people are not typically located. So when you're at work, your home is more vulnerable because no one's holding the fort. Well, conversely, with no one manning the businesses, um, that might be a, an easier target for a break and enter now. Um, I have seen an increase in, in security walking around, so that's certainly a good thing. 
the other area that I would expect to see an increase on uh, is, is fraud, possibly. With people who are being, being laid off in this economic uh, pressure, there's, this is a, an easy ground for people to maybe uh, try, try their hands at, at some fraudulent techniques for, uh, for visa money. So in, in Edmonton, just recently, in the past 12 hours, it's been reported that there have been three visa-related fraud cases stemming from COVID where it seems the, your, the fraudster contacted the victim and said that they, they won a series of prize. And surprise, you also have to pay uh, a COVID bill of health uh, fee as well. And they increased the rate that way, and then they got something like $10,000 out of people. So I, I would expect to see those three, uh, domestic assaults, probably commercial break and enter, and, and fraud. Yeah, when it comes to fraud, it's such a shame, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what the situation is. People will always be out there looking to take advantage of people who are worried, concerned, you know, looking for solutions to whatever problem, right? We're seeing a lot of, uh, like, even just the fake drugs to help you get over COVID, the uh, magic cures that are being sold out there. I think most people know they're not real, but it always pulls a few suckers in, right? And that's all it takes to be successful when it comes to the fraud game. Um, Yeah, it's disappointing to hear that that's already happened here in Edmonton, but uh, I, I imagine everyone should be on the lookout for that. I, I've received a few emails myself when it comes to uh, some COVID-related potential fraud scams, so just be on the lookout, everybody, because uh, it will be on the rise, and it will be looking to maybe tug at your heartstrings a little bit when it comes to a pandemic. Um, uh, yeah, and when it comes to the uh, B&Es, you mentioned, you know, break and enters being a crime of opportunity. You know, just when, when, I, when you initially had said that, I was thinking, well, those should go down, right? Because everybody is at home, and, and typically B&Es are happening at people's homes. So that should be something that would actually go down. Um, but, you know, when you talk about the fact that businesses are all vacated right now, I guess it, it is making sense that that could go up when it comes to those businesses being targeted. Um, you know, so, yeah, just I just wanted to point that out. I guess, you know, when you, when you think about uh, overall B&Es, um, I guess, would you expect maybe maybe overall those numbers of B&Es would go down, but the potential for greater theft might go up because they are targeting, you know, places of business. You know, that's tough to say. It might just be a shift of venue, effectively. Um, What might have otherwise been a residential B&E may simply just now be a commercial B&E. Right. Okay, fair enough. Um, now, I wanted to ask you a little bit, Marshall, while I have you here, when it comes to the court system itself. Now, uh, you know, we talked about how the fact that it is on hold here for a couple of months. Uh, you mentioned, you know, how, how it's impacting you when it comes to trying to go through your files and no real deadlines in place. But when, when things do pick back up and, and the system does resume, you know, what, what uh, any idea what things might look like in, in terms of just how uh, a backlog might go? I mean, we've already heard before going into this problem that there was a bit of a, a backlog in the court system, and, and I imagine it would only get worse when we're taking a couple of months off. Yes, well, the court system is always concerned about deadlines. You're always trying to get the soonest trial dates and the soonest appearance dates because everyone wants to keep their matters moving forward at a brisk pace. Um, what effectively has happened here is about a six-week six shutdown. It started about two weeks ago, roughly, and, and the two courts, which is provincial and supreme, have each given their own tentative um, resuming days of course, probably subject to change as the situation unfolds. In provincial, generally speaking, it's May 16th. In supreme, generally speaking, it's May 1st. Um, we're not really sure if that's going to happen, but of course, we're preparing for that accordingly. Um, the concern here, of course, is that when you clear the 
per the table of six weeks worth of matters, um, everything after that six weeks is still going forward. So if you had a trial scheduled for, we'll say, June, well, there's no reason why that wouldn't proceed accordingly. It's just trying to get these files that were that were moved brought into the system at a, at a good good pace, obviously, because they've lost their, their place in the queue. And there will be some challenges in trying to schedule everything in there. Um, alternatively, or maybe just in addition to that, we have, of course, the risk that there will be crimes committed now during this quarantine period. And those things probably will not enter the system until after we've got a handle on the courts again. And what I mean by that is that just because a crime has been investigated and, and perhaps an individual identified, well, the charges might not be approved for months from then. Um, and so there might be a backlog in charge approval. But I, I can't speak to that because that, that's, of course, the, 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 Crown's, mm-hmm. uh, the Crown's role. Right. So right. I, I think there will be, there will be some, some difficulties in getting everything back, back on, the, on the rails here, just, just balancing new files, existing files, and, of course, the ones that got bumped. Yeah, I, I assume it's going to take a little bit of time to sort everything out here once uh, things do get back underway. Um, you know, this is probably something that I don't think anyone, like I, I've said many times when it comes to every sort of industry, I mean, this is unprecedented times. You've never really seen anything like this. And when it comes to court, I assume it's the same thing. So it's all sort of uh, trial by error here or whatever the term may be that you want to use. But uh, we'll, we'll figure it out as things go. Thanks so much for doing this, Marshall. Really appreciate your time. Yes, thanks for letting me speak. Yeah, anytime. That was uh, Marshall Putnam with Jensen Law, a criminal lawyer here in Kamloops and also a part-time law teacher at TRU.